I'm going to read a verse just before verse 19. This is what Paul says. Yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet, which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. So that in me, you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming again. Before I pray, I want to just draw your attention to the screen. We're going to watch a um, video and uh, it's a music video. The lyrics are on the back of your handout. It's a uh, Christian hip hop. So fair warning to those who don't like that. Um, but let's be seated and draw our attention to the screen.
we just pray in the name of Jesus that you would illuminate, illuminate the gospel to us and the hope we have in, in Christ. We pray, God, that you would awaken the desires of your spirit in us and that you would speak to us through your word. Pray, God, that you would help me to get out of your way so that your people might experience you and not me. God, I pray for fruit to come of this moment in this day. Not Caleb fruit, but spirit fruit. Lord, have your, have your way in me and in everyone here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Church, that uh, song we just listened to is called Beautiful Eulogy. Uh, funny enough, the band is also called Beautiful Eulogy. And then even more strange, um, this sermon is called Beautiful Eulogy. Um, I believe this song really captures the beauty and essence of what Paul wrote here in Philippians. This scripture really is a beautiful eulogy showing the praises and glories of Christ. A eulogy is a speech or piece of writing that praises someone or something highly, if you don't know. And that's exactly what Paul's writing and what his life did. It was a praise of Christ. It was a praise of Christ and experiencing, glorifying, and enjoying Christ. And so the main idea I want to put before you this morning is up on the screen. It is, I exist to experience, glorify, and enjoy Christ now. It doesn't stop there, though. I exist to experience, glorify, and enjoy Christ now and perfectly experience, glorify, and enjoy Christ in eternity. Beloved, this is the reason you and I exist. We exist for this because it is what God ordained for all of creation. If you didn't catch that drift from Colossians when I read it at the opening, let me remind you that He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by Him all things were created through Him and for Him, for Christ. This is the reason we exist, to experience, glorify, and enjoy Christ now and perfectly experience, glorify, and enjoy Christ and in eternity. So maybe you're wondering, like some, why should I care? Why should I care? Simply put, if you care, and you could, it's in your paper, fill in the blank. Because I will find immense joy, confidence, and freedom when I align my desire with God's. God's desire is for me to be purposed for Christ, to enjoy Christ, to glorify Christ. This is why I was created. And if you are surrendered to Christ being your reason for existing, then you 
can have confidence that God will be faithful to fulfill all of, everybody say this with me. We're going to say his. Say his. His. Right, that was confusing. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. His. Not mine. But his plans for you and for me. There's great confidence knowing that your God will fulfill the purposes for which he created you. And God's plan and purpose for you is Christ. This is revealed in Scripture. The triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, is committed to seeing every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And He wants us to do that willingly. To start that now. It's not going to be enjoyable for everyone then. But it can be now and then. And if God's plan for all people is Christ, this is a question I want you to think about. Since God's plan for you is Christ, is my plan for me Christ? Is my plan for me Christ? Is your plan for you Christ? It's His plan. But it is, it, is it my plan? Is it your plan? Paul says, for to me to live is Christ and die is gain. There's such joy found here. When you live for what you were intended to live for. Joy, unspeakable joy, protection, confidence. And what we're about to see in this text that is if that if you answer this question, is my plan for me Christ? If you answer yes, then you can experience joy and confidence now. And I'm going to show you three places where we can experience this joy and confidence. The first place is prayer. Let's read the text. It says in verse 19. Notice the first three words. For I know... Confidence, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, meaning prayer is a means by which we get to participate in what Christ is going to do, the invisible war, I will, with the help of the Spirit of Christ in your prayers, this will turn out for my deliverance. Now, deliverance is rescue and removal from impending doom. But we're going to see here, it's not just doom physically. Because he says in verse 20, as, so this connects to that thought, as, since it will turn out for my deliverance, because it's my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now and as always, Christ will, Christ will, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or death. So this deliverance that Paul is speaking of is not limited by life or death. 
Why? Because the goal is Christ-honored. And so they are praying for Paul. And he's saying, your prayers are going to work regardless of what the answer is. Christ's going to be honored. He's going to be magnified. He is going to be glorified because that's my heart, Paul says. So now, both life and death for Paul, and this could be for you too, are tools by which your purpose is manifested. Let me say it like this. Because if my plans and God's plans are Christ's, if I make that then, if my desire for me is Christ and God's desire is for me Christ, then I can trust that prayers lifted to God for me, so not just my prayers, but prayers prayed for me by others, they will work with the Holy Spirit to make Jesus big. Notice I capitalized Jesus because it's all about Him being bigger. And so, this is great confidence, beloved. Do you have this confidence? I'm of the opinion that God says yes to things that we pray, and sometimes he says no. But the more and more we are making our desires for ourselves, our, what we desire, if we're making it more Christ, then the more and more we will begin to ask for things that line up with his plan. So he's going to do his will and plan regardless of if my prayers align with him. But if my desire and my heart is with him, his Spirit will lead me to pray the things that the Spirit wants. And what does the Spirit want for me and for you? What's His name? Jesus. He said that not very confidently. Let's say that again. Jesus. Jesus. And beloved, it is so wonderful to see prayer answered. Raise your hand if you've had prayer answered. Oh, God loves answering prayer. You see, God is working all things out for your good and His glory. We will, every day, experience this mercy, whether you pray for it or not. But think about how many of these mercies you so easily overlook. Think about what it would be like if you had been praying for those mercies. This is how Spurgeon says it. I love this. Prayer is connected with the blessing to show us the value of it. If we had the blessings without asking for them, we should think them common things. But prayer makes our mercies more precious than diamonds. Imagine if we lined our hearts up with God's heart and we started asking. We desired these things and we asked Him for these things and He did those things. That's diamonds. So if you want these diamonds, beloved, make God's plan for you your plan for you. Make His desire for you your desire for you. 
The Holy Spirit responds to His desires and His plans. And He responds by leading you and increasing your love for those desires and for that plan. So the first place we can experience joy and confidence is prayer. The second place we experience joy and confidence is purpose. Purpose. And I just want to elaborate. I I didn't show this. I forgot to show this. But with prayer, we had to look for Christ-honoring prayer. And with this one, we need to see that we can find personal purpose. Personal purpose. Look at what he says. For to me, to me, my purpose, for to me to live is Christ. You know, so many people have no idea what they're living for. And they are just searching and hungry. That's why addiction exists. That's why pornography exists. That's why divorce exists. That's why sin exists. Because we took our eyes off of the one who is most satisfying. But for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. Oh my gosh, look at what he says here. Oh, oh, I've been thinking about this. I just... I've been praying over this scripture for a month. But look at what he says. I am hard pressed. I am hard pressed between these two options. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. For that is far better. So he says, my purpose is Christ in life, glorifying Christ in death, being with Christ. Having this purpose, understanding it, the heart aligning with God's heart creates this confidence that he has and it's reshaping his motives, could reshape your motives. It raises guardrails. It's not going to get out of prison and go campaign for the position of Caesar. Maybe God does call him to that. I don't call someone. I don't know. But he's like, no, 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 no. I got purpose. I know, what I know what I'm doing. Do you know what you're doing? Do you wake up knowing what you're going to do? And all of this, this all echoes in eternity. If our heart is aligned with God, it doesn't just start and stop here. It starts here and then it never stops. You see, this purpose finds, this purpose isn't just revealed for my days in the body. This purpose finds its purest fulfillment in my resurrected and glorified body, which Jesus promised to you and to me if we place our faith in what he did on the cross and him resurrecting from the dead, that he's coming back. If we know what he did for us and we believe what he did for us and we have been transformed by what He's done for us. It's going to echo in eternity. It does not stop here, beloved. 
So here's my confession. I have struggled with this concept all month as I've prayed. I've, I've grasped, and I, I've grasped the idea and the, the purpose that to live is Christ. I get that. I get that. Look, I'm, I'm a pastor, right? I work with middle schoolers and high schoolers. If, my, if, if I didn't say to live is Christ, oh my gosh, you know how hard that can be sometimes? Sorry, guys, I love you. You're doing great. By this time, someone would have made a fart noise. I get to live as Christ. You probably get it. Maybe, maybe I don't know. But I, I didn't realize how limited my understanding of this was. So I've, I've, I've grasped that, but the other part, I haven't, I haven't quite... And this is going to come out in just a minute where my head's been at, my heart's been at. But I haven't got that part of where death is gain. Like I get glimpses. You probably get little glimpses, but I don't always have them and I want them. But let me, let me, let me, there's an illustration. Have you ever had a really bad day where you were just at the end of your rope? You were ready to be done. I'm done. Get me out of this hell. I'm ready to go. I know the sad reality is that some people, for some people this is a bad day, but some people have a bad day their whole life. Some people struggle. Some people are in depression. Some people are hurting. They have heartaches that are real. And they have even contemplated this. And beloved, I, if that is you, I am sorry. I am grieving for you. Please know that God loves you. That is not his plan for you. That is not what he desires for you to leave like that. That's not what he wants for you. He loves you. He looks at you with kindness and grace and mercy. And he wants to heal. He can heal. And the, but the reality is there are some pains that are just a lifetime. Some people have physical pain that will not be healed here. Some people have emotional and mental pain that will not heal here, beloved. I'm sorry. My encouragement to those who are in that category, please do not keep that to yourself. Talk to your brothers and sisters in Christ about this. Seek help, seek encouragement. But just for a moment, take this concept, this idea, this very bad day that you may have right now or always... This is Satan's desire for us. These are things Satan might whisper. And he will say, hey, right now, hey, death is gain. Death's gain. You'll get out of here. Death's an escape. But what Paul here is talking about is not escape. He's not saying, I want to depart because I hate prison where he's writing this. He's not saying that. Gain here is not about losing something. Gain here is about gaining someone.
This is how I have fallen. Some of my worst days, days where stress is high, pain is prevalent, suffering is inevitable, hard choices are required, hard conversations have to happen, temptation is at an all-time high. It's normal for me to respond by saying, oh God, take me home. I'm just ready for this hardship to end and leave it behind me. And, and beloved, look, you got to understand, uh, it's not sin to want that, okay? Don't feel shame and guilt for that. That's not the purpose of what I'm saying. You know why? Because this natural condition where hardship exists is not the intended design. Sin entered in. That's why it's here. Even Jesus... In the garden, said, may this cup pass from me. It, it's okay, but here's what I'm, I'm not speaking of that kind of prayer I'm, or desire. I'm speaking of the motive of the heart. Because Jesus said, but not my will, your will be complete. To live is me, Jesus said. <laughs> and your will, Father. Because escape is not victory. Escape will not overcome. Even gritting your teeth and pressing on while something, and sometimes it is good, will not conquer. Victory only comes from Christ. And, for, and from Him being your desire, that is where victory is found. Christ and gain of Christ, that is victory. Paul says in life, I press on towards the goal. And so when the hardship becomes too much to bear, I look at Christ and how precious he is, how better he is, how faithful he is, how glorious he is. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. That's far better. He is far better. I don't want to depart to escape my problems, but I want to be with Christ. When it is my time to go, go ahead and take me home. Nowhere I'd rather go. I know I'll be with you. So Paul means receive. Receiving. Think of it this way. When Claire and I were dating long distance, me in Weaverville, her in Kings Mountain, I would long to be with her. Long distance daters know this. They should. I'd drive two hours just to see her and be in her presence. Phone call would not cut it. Skype would not cut it, if you know what that is. I wanted to be with her. I considered being in her presence, seeing her beauty, kissing her cheeks, holding her hand, conversing with her in person. I considered that gain, and I was willing to endure the hard drive. I was, endure, I was willing to endure the hardship of the labor of driving. <sighs> Beloved, the path to your king has hardships. It's not a two-hour drive. Sometimes it's a 40 to 90 to 100-year drive. And it's got hardships. Hardships are not just in the path. They sometimes are the path. Sometimes... They are the ministry. Sometimes they are to live as Christ. 
And all the hardships of your journey will be with your king. To be with your king only make him all the more satisfying. So we look at him. We experience him here. We experience him there. To live is Christ. To die is gain. If you're on the fence about Christ, I just plead with you. Consider what I'm saying. He really is better than what you have here. Only Christ will satisfy the Second place we experience joy and confidence is purpose. The last place we can experience joy and confidence is progress. Progress. And let's be a little more specific. There, are, I got three P's. Not PP. PPP. The last one is not just progress, but it's kingdom progress. Look at what he says. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Him, it's like he's not looking to his own needs, he's looking to the needs of others. See, that is making Christ life so others might see Christ. And he says, convinced of this, I know this, I know this. The Lord's revealed it. And I just want to say, Paul got this. Not everybody gets a message from Jesus like this. Hey, you're going to die tomorrow. You're going to die in Rome. You're going to live. He, sometimes he does. I'm not saying he can't, but he's convinced. I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. Oh, my gosh. Paul couldn't say that if his, if his aim for life or to live for him was fortnight. He couldn't say that. Or work. Or my children. Me. To live is my 401k, my money. No. He couldn't say that right here if those were his life. But Christ is his life. That means progress and joy. And then he says... The purpose, like, this purpose is so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're going to get a word from the Lord saying, hey, this is how much time you have. I don't know if you think about death like I do. I think about it. I have a ticking time bomb in my, in my chest. I have a bad heart. <laughs> I mean, it's not terrible. My doctors are like, yeah, went at a cardiology appointment this week and they were like, yeah, you, you're healthy, but I, I can't help but think about that when my heart skips a beat. I can't, I can't help when a palpitation comes and I feel pain in my chest. I can't help but go, am I having a heart attack? I think about it. But only God knows these things. But I want to focus just for a moment the reason Paul wasn't going to die then, there was a purpose behind it. Let's just look at this verse. Let me, let me see if this works. I know that I will remain and continue for your progress. Did that work? Progress. So there's progress he's pursuing. But let me, let me circle another word, 
This word for. This word for. It's in the Greek, yes, I looked. Indicating motion into a thing or into its immense vicinity or relation to something. So, you have to consider the for and then progress. And then look at this verse again. That you may have ample cause to glory in Christ. So for a moment, just a little grammar. What this means. For glory in Christ, that means benefiting from Christ being made big in your life, in their life. So to Paul, remaining alive and continuing with them was a movement, his movement, towards building their faith, their joy, and their capacity for Christ being made big. For this. For this. Do you know what this is called? Kingdom progress. If Jesus is your heartbeat and desire, there will be kingdom progress. Kingdom progress occurs when Christ gets bigger in depth of delight within his people and Christ gets bigger in width of witness by his people. And that was what Paul's aim was. Because for to him, to live is Christ. So let me say this, and then we're going to transition in just a moment. Perhaps our disappointment with the current, and I don't want to say church progress, but let's say kingdom progress, is really due to the fact that most of us lack the attitude that Paul expressed here. What if that's what's lacking? Our attitude is not Christ. It's me. Because remaining alive and continuing with them was a movement towards building their faith, their joy, and their capacity for Christ being made big. So Paul is showing us here that if my heart's desire, my heart's greatest desire, your heart's greatest desire is Christ... If Christ is that desire, if he is my delight, then Christ's glory, Christ's fame, Christ, his desires, Christ's presence, Christ magnified, Christ's kingdom progress. If this is what I want, beloved, hear me. If this is what I want, if this is what you want, we will get it. Whether in life or death. People who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied. And here's the sad reality. This is not everyone in this room. I know this. You know this. The word church means gathered and called out people. What we are here is a gathered people called to worship the king. Church. But not everyone of this church has this attitude. Sometimes I don't have it. <laughs> but those who do, this, heard it put this way, this underground church, underground church, can't stop magnifying Christ, and neither can the Spirit who fills them. So what would happen 
if everyone here caught this? What would happen if we began to confess our sins instead of ignoring them and hiding them? What would happen if everyone here this day forward to wake up and we, we decided to wake up an hour earlier every morning just to pursue Christ and his word and bring him our desires, seek him in prayer, ask him to make himself big in our lives. What if we did that? What would happen if we all began to set aside five minutes every morning to pray for opportunities to share the gospel? What would happen if all of our elders and deacons, and I'm not implying that they don't do this, but what would happen if all of our elders and deacons began to daily meditate on scripture and pray that scripture for two to three different church members by name every day? What would happen? Now, I'm not implying that our elders and deacons don't have Christ as life, but I'm, I do want to say if you are a deacon or an elder or have been or want to be one, and this is something that kind of is not appealing to you, or even you're not spending time with him for this purpose, beloved, repent. We need you, men. But what would happen if everyone here began to see Christ as their life, to see Jesus as the only gain worth chasing and sharing? What would happen? I'll tell you. Kingdom progress. The last place we can experience joy and confidence is progress. So, may we find joy and confidence in prayer, purpose, progress, because Christ is our life and Christ is our gain in death. So, I'd like to take a moment. We're going to close a little differently. I want us to reflect and pray.